Hi, this is Jeff. And this is Mariana. And we're professional storytellers who love books. Welcome to Fiction Friends. Where we take a deep dive into the most popular fiction titles in all of literature. From classic reads and old-time favorites. To modern romance and contemporary thrillers. Join us as we discover new ways to read, look at, and talk about books. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you stay up to date with every new release. Hi guys! Welcome back to another episode of Fiction Friends. We will be talking about Richard Osman's The Thursday Murder Club. So this episode features a full in-depth review with a spoiler-free segment at the beginning for listeners who haven't read the book yet. But don't you worry, we will let you know once we hit spoiler territory. Before we dive into the book, let me give you a brief background as to why we picked this book up. Mm -hmm. So it was mainly because of the title, The Thursday Murder Club, very similar to my athleisure brand called Thursday Club. So yeah, let me just plug that in there. (laughs) And since we haven't covered a book quite like it, we decided, why not? So, let's get into it. This book is a humorous murder mystery of old people living in an upscale retirement village playing Nancy Drew, trying to help the police crack a case. Sounds fun, doesn't it? Jet, do you want to elaborate? Yeah, uh, so the Thursday Murder Club (laughs) is composed of Elizabeth, Joyce, Ibrahim, and Ron. They are four elderly people who, as you say, live in some upscale retirement home that seems very fancy. Um, It has like a pool and a sauna and like a rec room and and all of that. (laughs) I never knew that such a place existed. So every Thursday, this group gets together to engage in the only... um, What's this interest that binds all of them together, which is solving crimes that the London Police Department uh, may have failed to solve in the past. So um, they review old police cases in order to get to the bottom of, you know, unsolved murders or thefts and whatever to fill in the gaps that the police may have missed. However, things become a lot more interesting when a murder actually takes place right at the doorstep of the retirement home and um, the Thursday (laughs) Murder Club takes it upon themselves to try to solve that murder and try to find the killer before it's too late. So, it's a very interesting concept, don't you think? (laughs) Yeah, I feel like... uh, I mean, it's a basic murder mystery. Yeah, but I I would have... I think it's interesting because of... The they're peop- old people. The, they're old. Exactly. Like at first you're like, really? It's a novel about old people who are trying to solve a case that sounds like it's gonna be incredibly boring. And do, do we tell them what happened? I mean, uh I, we shouldn't spoil them about how the case no, 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 like, unfolds. about which one? No, because like we actually parked this. We were supposed to read this before where the ah, crowd right, right, sing. Right. Yeah. And so then last I week, was like 10 pages in, yeah. I decided. Yeah, no, I want to ask you about that. Shift. So um for for listeners, we did we published Where the Crawdads Sing last week for our episode. Yes. And supposed to be in our schedule, we were supposed to do this book first. But when Mariana and I yeah. started reading Thursday Murder Club, she asked me if we could park Thursday Murder Club first and do Crawdads first. And I never asked her why, and I want to know now why. <laughs> <laughs> no, it may sound so mean. No, I okay. think it's for personal reasons that um, I didn't like how it started. 
and it was like about old people ba? and I was like oh, so the I concept you didn't like the concept you know, the concept of the book okay and when you first start they give you a lot of characters already so it was like overwhelming and yeah. I felt like my mind was not ready for it so I was like you know what let's just shift to something else first because this I found book it is too chaotic it's, yeah I have to agree the book is paced very quickly you're introduced yeah. to all of the main characters within 20 pages I, I wrote it down yes. when I was taking within 20 pages you meet oh my God. everyone and everyone it's a lot to take in <laughs> no that's not even everyone I mean, yeah it's yet. not even everyone yet yeah that's right it's just the the, oh my God. the main ones uh, the main ones yeah. you meet within the first 20 pages and then along the way there are so many more and it might be a lot to take in especially for people who have a hard time remembering characters yes uh, yes yeah. yes yeah do you have a hard time depends on how the writer writes them so there are writers who write characters so well and so uniquely that it's easier for me to recall who they are even though there are a lot of them like jk rowling yeah. does this with harry potter and there are so many people in the harry potter universe but yeah, some, yeah. somehow, like fans are able to keep track of them because they're so uniquely written. They have very distinct characters. Yeah. So it's it's not necessarily the number that's an issue. It's how they're introduced. That's the issue yeah. most, for the most part. So what did you think? Did you have a hard time keeping track? Your second time reading this, did you have a hard time keeping track of the characters? Well, what I actually did, I opened a window because I read it using my iPad. I opened a window where the character list was there oh, along with their okay. descriptions. So I was like, ah, okay. So whenever I would like bump into a character, I would be like, who's this again? And then I would just read their description. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, so that's I should have how, probably done yeah. that. But actually, I didn't have an issue with the characters this time around. I think it's because... Really? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like he wrote them very well to the point that I was able to remember them fairly well. It's not like what's the previous novel that we ah when we reviewed the Institute by Stephen King that was also loaded with so many characters and oh, yeah. random names. That one I had a, <laughs> I had a hard time remembering who the characters were. This one I didn't really struggle so More much. More than this one. Okay. Um. Maybe hmm. we should just get into it. Like, what are our spoiler-free reviews okay. of the book? Are so, do you want to start? Yeah. Sure. Okay. All right. So let's start with the cover here. So if you see it, it looks exactly like a fun murder mystery book. It yeah. gives off that vibe. So the title occupies the whole page. It's red and cream. Is it red and cream yeah. in yours? Well, it's kind of off-white, but yeah. Off-white, yeah. yeah. And it has a drawing of a fox in it, which mm-hmm. also happens to be my favorite animal. I follow fox accounts on Instagram. <sighs> anyway, so the first part of the book brings you to some of its characters and mind you it's jam-packed with characters and relevant and not you might want to list them down to remember or keep a tab on the names and their description as it gets confusing so it's a typical murder mystery book that fans of agatha christie will enjoy so it's funny witty something to expect from british authors i mean with my Mm -hmm. experience reading british authors He's a British author, right? He is, yeah. He's a he's a local yeah, celebrity, actually. Right? Mostly. Most of the British books that I've read, they're really witty, well-written. and mm-hmm. So the character development and pacing was all right. They were able to flesh out the characters well. Not all, Not but all. at least those who mattered, yeah. like the yeah. members of the club, yes. two main police officers, the two villains from the start. You get a glimpse of what they're really like as people. 
And the way the author describes the characters, it's so witty. Like, one description I remember was of Ian Ventham, the owner of Cooper's Chase, the area where mm-hmm. they live. And it goes yeah. like, he's all things that can go wrong with a man if you leave him to his own devices. <laughs> and I found that very, like, apt. Like, I was like, okay, I already know what this guy is like. You know? oh, can I just say how and, funny that line is constructed? How funnily that line is yeah. constructed? I, that's pinnacle of British humor, dry wit. Like, I love it. And it's all yeah. throughout the book. It's like that all throughout the book. But yes, okay, go on. So it's 3.99 on Goodreads, but I would have to give it a 3.1 what? for the following reasons. First, there were some twists and turns, but they were quite anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. Okay. To me, they were. They were. Okay. Second, it was filled with perspectives, not first person though. The only first person we get is from a Thursday Club member who previously I'm... was a nurse named Joyce. Yes. It is written in a diary format, and she also yeah. happens to be the most lovable character. But yes. there are a handful of third person chapters. You call them that? Third person chapters? Yeah. Written in the third person. Yeah. Yeah, talking about a certain character that I found was unnecessary. Hmm. Specifically, I don't know if you remember this part, but there is um, a scene where we find this guy who owns like a cafe or yes, a yes, flower okay. shop. Yes, yes, yes. That part, I just yes. don't want to spoil it, but like that yeah. part, I was like, okay, this is unnecessary. To me, it was like unnecessary, but it's like more ano, info added. Mm-hmm. So, too many characters, I was overwhelmed. Yeah. 64 pages in, I couldn't understand what was going on and it's been 64 <laughs> pages. I do- I downloaded an audiobook and listened to it while I was reading so I could concentrate. So mm. to slide in, a disclaimer, my brain has been selectively picking what information to swallow and maybe it's a where the crawdads sing hangover. So I had to read... I had to reread the first 100 pages. Oh. So let me also point out that the audiobook narration by Leslie Manville was absolutely fitting to the story itself. I enjoyed it as well. I finished this book listening to it. That's good. So to sum it all up, this book made me feel like I was running a marathon out of breath, wanting it to end already. Um, okay, first of all, maybe maybe I'll, I'll start with the parts that I agree with you. Number one... Yeah, there were a lot of unnecessary parts. I have the hardcover ver- version of the book. It's 380 hardcover. pages long. Yeah, it's 380 pages. It could have been written in 300. I feel like there were a lot yeah. of scenes that didn't really add value. It. I feel like the writer just put them in there to exhibit some kind of wit or... Mm-hmm. I don't know, but they didn't write, really add any depth. I, I get, I, it could have been written a lot more concisely, which is weird because... I feel like the book is paced really fast. It's really fast. There yeah, are so many also, things going on. And like you, my reading experience was there were some parts of the book where I also struggled with uh, keeping up with what was going on. Keeping up? Yeah. Um, there were so many things okay. going on. So Glad many things happening. That. So many storylines to follow. Even though... Yes! Um, yeah, there's... And, you know, in typical murder mystery novel, a lot of the storylines are very convoluted, very ambiguous. You're not given the full picture because, you know, it's a mystery. Yeah. And uh, which makes it even harder to to keep up. It makes it even harder to follow. However, um, I still generally enjoyed my reading experience. I have wow. to be honest with you. The, Mer- the Thursday Murder Club is. It was very hard for me to review. Uh, it's hard for me to be critical of books like this because they are my guilty pleasures. 
Oh. I don't. <laughs> I I don't read a lot of whodunit novels. Uh, I want to I want to yeah. preface this by saying that I don't read a lot of them. But whenever I do, I just completely shut off my brain and I just enjoy <laughs> what I'm reading. Like oh I'll pick God. up an Agatha Christie novel and I won't, I won't like nitpick. I won't try to uh, find stuff that's wrong with the plot. Yeah. Or, you know stuff that I would usually do with a book. I just shut my brain off and I just yeah. enjoy it. Like that's how I read Sherlock Holmes. That's how I read Agatha Christie. Uh, you know, this and that's how I approached reading the Thursday Murder Club. Also, however, despite that, I was still able to find a few flaws that maybe we can get into later. Yeah. Again, like as I mentioned, um, there were some unnecessary parts. There were certain twists that uh, I wasn't a fan of. There were um, there were some parts that I found that I struggled keeping up with. This book features a lot of red herrings which is okay typically in a murder mystery you always want the red, red herring as a misdirection as a writer you always want to that element of surprise by incorporating red herrings into your plot and you lead you lead your reader into thinking that oh this this is probably the killer and and then yeah. you subvert their expectations by giving them another clue and oh wait maybe this is the killer after all because there's they found this new clue yeah. and then but I feel like it was done too much in this book. There were too it many red was. herrings. Like, oh my god, I found myself. Was. Like, this guy must have did it. And then <laughs> the next, and then after a couple of chapters, this guy must have did it. And then, like, it it was like that over and over again. Like, I couldn't even keep track of how many people I accused of being the murderer. Stuff. Exactly. <laughs> and the thing but about like, this book is like it's really short chapters. Ah, huh? like. Did you know this? Like the chapters are really short, like two or three pages. One yeah. that's already one chapter, and um, so it it's really made to feel like you're moving on with the story really quickly, and like you're given new information as you go along all the time, and you you just that's why it's hard to keep up because it's just all over the place. You're just changing who your main uh, uh, suspect is with every chapter. Because yeah, <laughs> there's there's new information. So, um, yeah. Did you guess the ending or no? I did not. I did not. I mean, again, See, as I, I mentioned, no it's would. really hard for me personally. I, yeah. I'm very bad at that. But uh, I, don't, I don't know. Like uh, This book did though remind me a lot of the uh, the dry wit and candor of Agatha Christie novels. Like, uh, yes. this, it has that kind. I could tell that he was heavily influenced by that kind of storytelling. Um, but mm-hmm. it wasn't as clean as Agatha Christie at her best like it there were a few loop uh plot holes that I that I saw or not not necessarily plot holes but uh parts of the story that I feel like didn't have to be there or were poor uh author choices it has the humor it has the humor and cleverness that is so unique and so particularly uh unique to British authors like as you mentioned it's very British this book um, as far as character development goes, I absolutely love the four main characters, the four members yes. of the Thursday Murder Club. They are they're all so written. yeah, they're so uniquely, uh, well, how do you call it? interesting in their own ways. Yeah. Like they're they all have their distinct personalities. Uh, they all they're all very different from one another. But the only thing that binds them together is really their interest for mystery. In yeah, in in solving crimes and mystery. So, however, I don't care as much about the secondary characters. Like, even the cops that they were working with and the villains. Uh, yeah. Like, I had uh, no... A lot of them were poorly developed, which uh, 
I feel like there were so many parts parts of the book like were unnecessary, which could have been dedicated to developing the other characters more. But you know, that's neither here nor there. I I must also say that some characters made certain choices that I found questionable at best and just downright sloppy and irresponsible at worst. Yeah, I'll I'll. I'm not sure if you're thinking of the same scene that that. I'm thinking of, but we'll talk about that later on. I think I think so. Yes. So um, this book was paced fairly well in the sense that. I, I couldn't put it down personally. Like I always found myself wanting to know what happened next. Um, it's that kind of book. It was that kind of book for me. However, I have to say that a lot of the resolutions came much too easily. Like it was so easy for the characters to come into certain clues or to acquire certain information or get a hold of like yeah, uh, this and that. Like it was so convenient. It was so convenient. Yeah. Like uh, I mean, like I don't know. It, it was, but you know how it is with grandparents; they always know somebody. Like <laughs> yeah. they always know. Somebody. I guess that's why he chose elderly people for to be his people, main characters. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I I feel like that's an that's a that's a sign of lazy writing when it's when when things come too easily to characters. Um, characters, yeah. but for all its faults, it's still a story that I thoroughly enjoyed, just because. I didn't want to hate it. I didn't want to like force myself to nitpick and hate it. Uh, I felt like this book <laughs> still had it, no. It still had it still had room for improvement, definitely. Um, yeah. But it was it was still a pleasurable reading experience, nonetheless. Yeah. I would give it. How much did you give it? Three point two. Three point. So 3.1 3.1 okay 3.1 maybe, <laughs> I think I'll give it something higher than that maybe I'll give it 3.7 or something just because it's oh, so wow, clever seven. no 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 just because like I found myself genuinely laughing a lot in while reading this book because uh, yeah. the lines are so funny the lines are so yeah, funny yeah they and are I, I don't know if, if something is good enough to make me laugh I'm gonna like it <laughs> like even if the story isn't as good <laughs> Yeah, so maybe we can move on to the contexts. Or no, let's recommend. Who who do you want to recommend this book to? I feel like this would be a Pe- good book for first time readers. Ah, I I don't know. I really? don't know because not everyone is into British humor. Not everyone can. Yeah, is into British humor. Like I remember, I was talking about it because I've also read the Shopaholic series. Oh, I don't okay. know if you've read that. Sophie and it's Kinsella? so funny. Yeah. So yeah. I've read a lot of Sophie Kinsella books, and then. I enjoyed it, ba. And then I I would talk about it with other people, and they're like, oh, I don't really like the humor. So I don't know if it's really for everyone, but yeah, I really like British humor. Um, I think we could recommend this to people who enjoy murder mysteries. So pick this up when you want an easy read, it's something the, yeah, cozy, it's, funny. It's an easy read, but for people who are yeah. like very critical about their murder mysteries, like. Uh, if you yeah. if you're the type of person who overthinks plots, I don't think you would enjoy this because there there are a lot of uh, loose ends. Maybe I would it's say. like a joke, no? Like it's a, like I found it like is this really like a, a book? Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like is this really Pl- a story yeah. or like, is this a joke? <laughs> plot wise, it's it's not one of the best. It's not the best. <laughs> plot wise, it's not the best. But the the the. It's so cleverly written. If you're a fan of clever writing, this yes, book is good you will for you. enjoy this for sure. It's funny, yeah. Uh, that, that I couldn't recommend that to you. If you're like, if you're a fan of someone, good dialogue. This 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 book had a lot of good dialogue, like very yeah. witty witty banter among characters. It's very good. Um, so yeah, <laughs> but there were really like stupid characters, no? Like you're comically stupid. I don't characters. know. Yeah, like like the priest. 
the priest. Yeah, the the priest. Yeah, oh my God. I, mean, I, I don't want to spoil why, but yeah. Yeah, like I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. But I don't know. I think like it's still a book that the most of the general public would enjoy at the very least. Like you can pick it up, read it yeah, over yeah, the course yeah. of a weekend and be done with it. And you'll be like, okay, that wasn't a waste of time. Like at the very least, I can guarantee that for most of the people. Um, you know who can direct this? Now I feel like it's gonna be a nice movie Wes Anderson. if he directed it. No, no, no. Who? Who? Guy Ritchie. Guy, Guy Ritchie. Ritchie. Interesting. Yeah. Like That's I know he's not choice. super, cause like he makes a lot of comical. Um, what do you call that? I forgot the term. Basta, like, have you seen the Gentleman? No. Or gentleman, I forgot. No. But I so, like actually... he has a lot of inserts, uh-huh. bana. He's kind of has he good done murder? Has when... he done like who done it movies before, Guy Ritchie? Um, it's not a super who done it, but gentleman or the gentleman. I yeah. forgot. Yeah, I'll have to look that up because I haven't seen it... it. But have you seen Knives Out? Lights Out. Lights make... Out. What did you say? Knives Out. Rian Johnson. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I um, see that. Daniel Craig is the lead detective yeah. on the. I feel like that kind of vibe would Set be up. Yes, good for this. Yes, work also. Yeah. Um, it, it's funny, but Knives Out was so cleanly done. Like, the plot in Knives yeah. Out was so well done. Um, don't expect that same kind of quality from Thursday also. Murder Club. <laughs> but uh, having said that, I feel like <laughs> this book good, would make yeah. a good movie. A which, good film. Yes. It, it was, maybe we can go into the context like, surrounding the book now since um, we're already talking about yeah. it. So... Richard Osman is a local celebrity host in the UK. I forgot the name of his show. No, I think it's called Pointless is the name of the show that he hosts. Yeah. And then um, he, he he chose to write the book and then he put it up for bidding. And I don't know, a lot of publishers actually wanted to be the ones to publish it because of how impressed they were with the, with the novel. It's Richard Osman's debut novel. Uh, according to The Guardian, it's the fastest selling adult crime debut in history it's the it's an anthony award nominee for the best first novel in 2021 it's an edgar award nominee for the best novel in 2021 uh steven spielberg's production company acquired the rights to produce a a film adaptation of this movie to be directed by ole parker he directed the latest mamma mia movie um, it is going to be turned into a movie. We're not sure yet who the cast is going to be, but we might be discussing casting options later yes, on, which I'm excited we are. about. We are discussing, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah, because we we did this for Crawdads last week and we had a fun, lot of fun doing it. So we're going to do it again for But for this one, Disney we're only going to cast four people, the four main characters. Yeah, just the main. Yeah, yeah just the just four the main, main characters. Okay, so uh, with that, I guess that concludes our spoiler-free portion of the, the episode. podcast episode. If you want to read the book and... You want to join us for the next part of this episode? Please do come back. We'll be going into spoiler territory, but if you haven't read yes. the book yet, be warned. There are a lot of spoilers in the next part of this podcast, so we'll say yeah. goodbye for now and we'll take a break. We'll be right back. This concludes the spoiler-free portion of the episode. If you haven't read the book or if you plan on reading it in the future, then come back and join us for the conversation in the second part. And we're back and we're reviewing The Thursday Murder Club by Richard Osman. 
for this phase of the episode, we will be talking about our favorite quotes from the book. And there are quite a lot because, again, as I said, this book is so cleverly, funnily written. But yeah. I'm not sure we'll, we'll have enough time to cover everything, but we'll, we'll give you some of our favorites. So, Mariana, do you want to start? I only have two, actually. And they're okay. found at the first few parts. So, um, here it goes. People love a murder, whatever they might say in public. So I will give it a go. This is from yeah. Joyce. Joyce is the one who yeah, said yeah. this. And it's exactly yeah, why true crime's a thing. I mean, it's exactly yeah. why it has a cult following because it entertains exactly. a handful like, of people. That's right. <laughs> it um, sounds I think so sad. The most, I think the most popular podcast ever it's true is crime. a true crime podcast. Yeah, it's a true, yeah. crime, true crime podcast. Even Netflix shows like... Yeah. True crime shows on Netflix always tend to do well. There's this fascination that society has with true crime. With murder. Which, yes. Yeah. Like uh, BuzzFeed Unsolved. Do you watch BuzzFeed Unsolved on no, YouTube? No, no, no. Like there are a lot of, I mean, there are a lot of shows like that. Like, you know, true crime documentary but videos. Watch they crime always doc do well. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, there's something so weird about society's fascination with the darkest side of humanity. Yes. <laughs> and, I think and because it's I don't like know, it's you. Like, yeah, I guess I guess it's because like it's, it's something not, so alien to yeah. a lot of people, maybe. Yeah, it's so interesting since because it's so alien. So what's your other quote? Um, after a certain age, you can pretty much do whatever takes your fancy. No one tells you <laughs> off except for your that. doctor and your children. Yeah, so that's the next yeah. quote. Those are my quotes. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> yeah, I mean... The, the quotes in this book are weird because they're not like life lesson-y kind of quotes. Yeah, they're, they're just, just really like funny lines. Funny lines that stick with you and like they make you laugh, but then they don't really add anything to the story or they don't add really, uh, they don't add anything to like profound to your life. They're just funny. And I like that this book doesn't take itself too seriously. Really? Which, um, I mean, I, I feel like it doesn't take itself too seriously. Like it's evident in how the plot is really loose and like how the characters are just constantly bantering with one another. There's a murder going on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> regular old people wouldn't be so eager about a murder having taken place in their retirement home. Yeah, but like, they're kind of bored. <laughs> what kind? That's why like... Yeah, I guess. Also. It's so funny how they get excited, right? Like, oh my God, another murder. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah. It's so dark and I don't yeah. know. So, um... There's this kind of like a love story. There's a romance angle that happens between Donna and Chris. Yeah. Towards the, uh, the start when we're introduced to the characters and towards the middle of the book. And then um, it's so funny because there's this part in the book where uh, the, the, it's discussing Donna's dating life. Yeah. Donna was on this date with a guy called Gregor. Uh, I'm, and then anyway, so I'm just going to read the passage from, from the book. So at one point, Donna had asked him who his favorite author was. For Donna, an acceptable answer would be Harlan Coben, Kurt Vonnegut, or any woman. Gregor had sagely replied that he didn't believe in books and that, quote unquote, you only learn in this life through having experiences and keeping your mind open. Yeah. When she then raised the thorny philosophical dilemma of whether you could both, quote unquote, keep your mind open and, quote unquote, not believe in books, he had replied, well, I think you rather prove my point there, Diana. <laughs> and sipped his water in a manner that suggested great wisdom so i wanted to bring that scene up mariana because i want to ask you let's say like you're still single and you're dating what would you what would you how would you react if you found out that a guy you were dating didn't like books would, would that be like a deal breaker for you no because it's so normal you, oh it's so sad 
God. No, but it's so like... <laughs> really? Yeah. It's I mean, normal. Like, but you're on a book review podcast. Like, <laughs> would that be like a requirement for the... It doesn't matter yeah. if he doesn't read as long as he is a smart person and he actually mm. has real hobbies. Like, okay, you don't want to yeah. read, but like do something. Manifest your intelligence elsewhere. Yeah, like do something with your life yeah. or like have real hobbies, you know? Like for yeah. me, the real deal breaker is if the guy's not athletic because I'm so like activity yeah. driven. Like if he's really just like a bomb, like, ah, kapwe, kapwe. That's the deal yeah. breaker. But if he doesn't read books, then yeah. okay. Because like I kind of also yeah. introduced, not the man introduced books to my boyfriend, but I made him read more yeah. because he doesn't really yeah. read. But then when I was in the picture, he read more. Um, Ikaw, is same, that a deal I guess, breaker for no, you? It, it wouldn't be a deal breaker for me. But <laughs> she doesn't have to read. She wouldn't have to read books. But she shouldn't look down on people who do. Yeah. At the, like, but that guy looked down. That, that gym guy Yeah, that did. guy looked down <laughs> on people who do. Yeah. So that's it. That's my stand on it. Um, yeah. Before I give my last quote, I want to ask you who your favorite of the four are I, I can't I can't pick between Elizabeth and Joyce but I I, I like Joyce because she's okay. likable you like but Joyce Elizabeth right um, she's a badass yeah <laughs> yeah and I'm not really like I'm not yeah. really fond of pushovers but and I find Joyce yeah. like a pushover Joyce but then, to be kind of a pushover yeah but then Elizabeth it's like she really like sources things out of a person like she really gets it yeah. out of them and then extracts it like she makes the most out of the people, the people that she's yeah with. so I feel yeah. like I think she's more of my favorite yeah. than yeah. Joyce and she's funnier like she's the yeah. reason why you laugh she is yeah. she is funny my my favorite of the four is Ibrahim huh? why <laughs> he's the one I relate with the most really? and How? I want to explain it in this next line so it was a community, and in Ibrahim's opinion, that was how that was how human beings were designed to live. At Cooper's Chase, um, to our audience, which is the name of the retirement center, yeah. at Cooper's Chase, anytime you wanted to be alone, you could simply close your front door, and anytime you wanted to be with people, you would open it up again. If there was a better recipe for happiness than that, then Ibrahim was yet to hear it. And throughout the book, like Ibrahim is the guy who always wants to showcase to other people how intelligent he is <laughs> and how he wants other people yeah. to be like he's the psychiatrist and there's this one part where he was explaining the um how he was calculate yeah. remember they were calculating the drive the drive um, yes um, and then it was like yeah, so much math which which was also one of my favorite moments actually because i found it so funny how they did that exact route just to see if it was plausible for ian to be the murderer yeah <laughs> And then Ibrahim was like, uh, they 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 all wanted to know. So Ibrahim, was it possible for Ian to have been the murderer? And then Ibrahim was like, um, before I answer that, I'll have to explain to you why. And he wants to take them through the whole process of the mathematics. It's so funny to me because yeah. that's it. that's like he it's he's so desperate to prove to them like how smart he is. Yeah. It also happens when Ian recruits the the bulldozing the 
the day the grave diggers um yeah. to come into the cemetery already and they have all like the equipment like the heavy equipment and the tractors are there and then Ibrahim looks at the tractor and then he's like uh he tries to measure it by his just his eyes and then he in his mind he already has an estimate of how high the tractor is or whatever and then he asks he he has to confirm it with the driver to see if it's right because he, he it's his it's in his personality to not be able to let something like that go oh my god <laughs> I found it so funny <laughs> like he he always wants to be right about everything and yeah. like that I, I was like I relate with you so much on that front <laughs> and I don't know I just found him really funny so cute like Ibrahim is such a yeah. funny guy yeah maybe out of the four like yeah Joyce might be the most bland just because yeah. she tends to be the safest also she has like, to be she's yeah like she's the mediator which she admits like Everyone in the retirement home turns to me to mediate everything, like you know stuff like that. And to get okay. things done. There's this one quote that Joyce, I think it's Joyce who says it, and it's kind yes. of profound. But uh, she says, ah. "You always know when it's your first time, don't you? But you rarely know oh, when yeah. it's your final time." Yes, yes, yeah. I like that and too. That reminds me of a of a quote from The Office that. I don't know if you watched The Office, but there's this quote from the final episode that's like, um, I wish I wish there was a way you could know the good old days when while well, you're still in still it. There. And you know, it's yeah. something it, it's something to that effect. And I don't know, I just found that really, really well. It was one of the few moments in the book where there's some sense of profoundness <laughs> to it. Because the it rest of it is just like pure shallow banter, which which I still really like. So maybe we can move on to moments. Um I, I actually already brought up one of my favorite yeah. moments, which is when the, the <laughs> they actually did the drive. That was so funny to me. Uh, how about you? So to be completely honest, I was struggling to find a specific moment, mm-hmm. mainly because there's I'm, I'm nothing the same. that stood out. I mean, but for the purpose yeah, of I'm, I'm this discussion, yeah. um, I feel like probably the confession of the priest telling them that he had a girlfriend and that she took her own <laughs> life and the bones buried there was his girlfriend's The, the father body. Mackie twist. Yeah. And then, <laughs> like, and then they the had The father Mackie who isn't a father after all. Yeah. He was like a real dad. That's the kind of father he was. <laughs> not a priest. <laughs> you know what? This book had so many misdirections. And yeah. It was, like, do you remember there was this one point of the book where we're even made to think that it Joyce is Joyce could be a suspect? Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it was I, like, with Ron Ron and Ibrahim. They were yes, the ones discussing and, that. And yeah. Elizabeth went up to that uh that house on the hill that uh they would never sell their property to Ian Bentham. Yeah. You know that I forgot. Playfair, the Playfair yeah. family. And then the girl points down to the like this photo and then we're made to believe that it's supposedly Joyce that she saw who was there 50 years ago because it was it used to be a hospital and Joyce was yeah. a nurse you know and stuff like that so maybe Joyce could have been there and when the original murder took place and and then um and then actually I think Chris Hudson also pointed that out and then like so again we're made to believe that like yeah oh, Joy- maybe Joyce is the murderer and then and then it just goes nowhere you know what maybe we can segue into the stuff the parts that maybe we were we're a big fans of about the storyline so this is one of them there were way too many red herrings like a red herring is fine every once in a while when it comes to a murder mystery but after a while it gets so exhausting like is it this guy is it this guy is it this guy and then so technically the book has what two murders that took place three three murders who's the third guy Uh, Johnny Johnny was Johnny the third guy hold on 
let's let's enumerate the number of characters who died here. So okay, it's, so it starts with um, Tony. Tony Courant, yes. And then we're led to believe at the first part that, that it's it was Ian uh, Bogdan. Ventham. No, because huh? um, remember already? Ian went to Bogdan. Oh. Ian went to Bogdan and then he asked Bogdan, like, are, are, would you be willing to do the task or whatever, yeah. something like that. I mean, like, that was the first sign that, like, oh, so, so Bogdan it, yeah. probably killed this guy. And then it ends up that he really did. <laughs> yeah. We passed through many then... iterations, many misdirections, and then eventually it, it was really Bogdan. And then, okay, so Bogdan kills Tony Courant. Um, Johnny kills... He John, also... Sorry, John kills Ian, Ian Bentham, Bentham. Right? Yes. Yeah. And then we find out that... Bogdan, um, also, Bogdan also kills Johnny. Gianni. Gianni. Um, it's, not, it's not... A long time yeah, ago. It's not John. Yeah, it's a different but character. it's not within that time yeah. frame anymore. It's like a long time ago. Yeah, and then we also find out that Penny, the supposedly bedridden elderly woman, yeah. killed this guy who killed his girlfriend from a long time ago, which is the reason that there are bones in the in the cemetery. Yeah. Right, they're the bones of that boy, of that guy who Penny buried there a long time ago. So. Yeah, those are the mur- murders that, that take place in this book. And it's so... I found that really messy. That's I feel like that's why it was so hard to keep up. Yeah. Because there were so many sub-storylines that started yeah. taking so place. So many murders and, we had to solve. Yeah. I want to ask you, how did you feel about the big reveal in the end? That it was, it was bogged on? I honestly had no feelings about it. Because I was like, with Tony, I always thought that it was something um, a business-related like it had nothing yeah. to do with the characters already it, it cuz i yeah. like i was always thinking that with tony it must be ian or bogdan like they were really my main suspects yeah. but like with with yeah. with ian that's where i got kind of confused so with the big reveal at the end it it was it made sense it made sense but i felt like we just went through a whole But how do you feel lot. about how it happened? Because Bogdan reveals it in a chest, chest in a match, conversation yeah. that he has with Stephen, who is Elizabeth's husband. And, like, I felt like that was so lazily done, the big reveal. Like, the killer just admits it. Like, it's an exposition yeah. dump, essentially. Like, he's just explaining the entire plot in a, con- in a random conversation with some guy who doesn't, who isn't even crucial to the plot, Stephen. Yeah. Like, he, he he doesn't have a big role. And he I feel doesn't like, even care I felt that, like that much. Was a, yeah, like, I felt like that was a big cop-out. Like, I hated how that was how that played out. But you know what I hated? Um, Meeting that other guy. There's this guy, Jason, Ron's son. Yes. And then there's a third guy yes. in the picture that they were yes. looking for. Um, Yeah, I forgot his name. Like, that part? He was so... Like, irrelevant. He was so annoying. Again, it's a misdirection. Like, it was another red herring. Like, we're made to believe that, oh, this guy's the killer since it couldn't have been Jason, so it must have been this guy. And then when we find out that it wasn't that guy, oh, it must have been Gianni. So, like, Chris has to fly all the way to Cyprus. Yeah. that whole sequence when he's in Cyprus, like, that was so boring to me. And and when he was interviewing, oh, my God, kill me. Yeah, I didn't like that part. Yeah, I didn't like that part. Like, there are really Again, it's another red herring. You know, like... It's, since, it's that part in particular. Yeah, I, f- I felt like it didn't have to be there. Since it was just Bogdan. If it, yeah, because especially like if it turns out like it was just Bogdan. Like, yeah, oh, like, man. like there were so many unnecessary parts. After like I finished it, I realized you know what? So many unnecessary parts. Yeah. However, I I will say that I like 
that it was John who killed Ian. I like that reveal. Why? Because I felt like I felt like that was built up better. Because you know how in the the very first part of the book when Joyce is um when Elizabeth asks Joyce to uh, a question about the stab wound and like how long yeah. would it take for someone to survive a stab wound? Like yeah. that like that's that's as early as that time uh, Richard Osman was already plotting the whole storyline of how Penny killed the boyfriend who stabbed the girlfriend. Yeah. Right? So, like, at that time, that he was able to develop that particular storyline fairly well. And the big I like that the big reveal came because the Thursday Murder Club was able to figure it out. Yes. Whereas... Whereas Bogdan's big reveal happened just because he confessed he just it wanted, to Stephen. Yeah, and then I yeah. feel like it. W- if you were Bogdan, like his character, like the way I see his character, I don't think he's the type to talk about it because he was even talk- talking about how he killed this guy because he was talking about it yeah. to friends. So why would you yeah. also like talk about it with someone else? You know, like yeah. it didn't make sense yeah. to me, especially to Stephen. Like, wow, yeah. friends, close. Another part I want to pick nitpick. Um, about Bogdan also is when Elizabeth okay I get it she's a very strong character she has a very strong personality but she's what she's 70 plus years old she's almost 80 years old she's a septuagenarian and she agrees to meet Bogdan at the top of a hill alone in the middle of the night and he has a shovel with him because she wants to watch him dig up bones I mean I'm all for suspending your disbelief a little bit when you're reading fiction but that was just like that's super irresponsible on the part of Elizabeth. I like, get what you mean. Would you really put yourself in that position? Like, this guy could be a killer and you're allowing yourself to be that vulnerable with him, to be that, to put yourself at risk like that? Like, I I wasn't a big fan of how that played out also. But, uh, you know, the yeah. line where they say, after a certain age, you can pretty much do whatever it takes. You're fancy. I guess. Um, I yeah. feel like, you know how when you're old, you act like such a grandmother. Now you find everyone like uh-huh. your little minion. You know, like, yeah. I can ask this guy to do this for me and he will not complain because I'm a grandma. Especially since she, like, manipulated him somewhat to, like, make him, remind him of her, his mother, remember? Like, yeah, the like marina. <sighs> the marina, yeah. I want to talk to you about the Bernard subplot. What did you think of the whole Bernard subplot? I felt like that was not... I mean, like... It wasn't something my good na like when he was confessing, I thought that oh my yeah. god, maybe he killed somebody, maybe he injected this guy. Yeah. But oh my god, it was just yeah. about the ashes. Like what yeah. did it bring to the table? Like I, why was that necessary? Exactly. Like did we have to know? That's also how I feel. Again, it was just another red herring, another misdirection, another thing to uh, keep us off the trail. If you take that entire Bernard subplot out of the main storyline, it would still be the same storyline. Yeah, nothing <laughs> like, changed. It adds nothing. It adds no value at all. It's just a distraction. Yeah, I guess that, that's what the author I, wanted. Like, a lot of distractions. He also had this, like, little fling with Joyce that I didn't really understand <sighs> yeah. what was going on there. He had, like, a crazy crush <laughs> on Bernard. I didn't. I wasn't a fan of that subplot. I, I guess that's it for my nitpicks. Uh, do you have anything else? I don't know if I mentioned this already. Yeah. But, like, I like the part where they were grave digging because we all really thought it was Ventham who killed 
his partner, right? And then yeah. poof, he dies. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, wow, oh yeah. my God, uh-huh. I like this part. And I, I like that how... twist. I liked that twist. Yeah. yeah I agree with you. I also like that twist. that Ventum was like gonna be there till the end, but like he was a main character and then it happens to be in a, he's not. Because in the book, like they, it's uh, in the, in the, in the blurb of the book, it says like, the Thirdly Murder Club has to solve a murder. Yeah. And in our minds, we're made to think that, okay, they have to solve Tony Courant's murder. murder. Yeah, the but whole time. But then Ian dies. And, and then, then Ian dies. And so we're now. like, oh, it's Ian's murder that they have to solve. To solve not, yeah. And not just Tony's. So like, yeah, I like that twist. I like that uh, particular. And I love how chaotic that scene was and dramatic when they started digging <laughs> the graves and then all the old people were yeah. there, the priest went, and they then were, they were tumbling a min, down a mini revolution. the hillside, right? <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if that really happened. Like, were they like pushing each other and were they falling in the hillside? That's how I pictured it out. But I don't know. Like, were they? The policeman had to separate them, and they were like saying, "You know what, Ian? We're gonna charge you with assault because he was touching the priest." Uh, no, yeah, no. Ian pushed the yeah. Ian pushed Father Mackey, and then I- so Father Mackey fell down. Fell, and, I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That was. That was weird. (laughs) So so I found that like funny, like, oh my God, these people. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And then like there are old people who are like watching from their balconies, like, what's happening? happening?" (laughs) Wait, so are like I also want to ask you this question after this. But like, you know what I also like? That that part where they invited Chris and served him cake loaded with vodka. That was so cute when they cornered him and all that. Like, ah, oh, so cute. Yeah, and then and then Joyce like, is like, there are up. no calories if it's homemade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a funny quote. I, I again, they're like those. It's moments like that that save the book for me because they're so funny. Like, yeah, it's okay. I can forgive the 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 sloppy plot because. There are really like funny moments. Yeah, I guess maybe. Yeah. We can move on uh, before we get into our final reviews. Maybe we can talk about the Dreamcast. Yeah. Okay. So, um, for our listeners, we're going to do a Dreamcast of who we think should play the four main characters in the movie. So this is Ron, Ibrahim, Elizabeth, and Joyce. Okay. So maybe let's do wait, Elizabeth wait, 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 wait. first. Since before that. Yeah, yeah. Before yeah, that, let me ask you yeah. this. Um, when you were reading, uh-huh. when you were reading the book, I just wanted. To know, like how you saw saw the houses, well, you think they live in one building, or do you think it's like separate houses, like a resort? Box? No, I think it's like, like a compound. A vi- yeah, a it's villa. like a real compound. Yeah, with villas, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. I feel, yeah, it's like that. Okay, okay. Because so, I remember it was because Penny lives in another place, part of the compound. Right. She lives in the hospital okay. area where the sick where the sick people, people are. Live, so. Okay, so we're on the same yeah, page with yeah. that. Anyway, going yeah, back to the yeah. dream casting, do, who do you want to start yes. with? Let's start with Elizabeth, Elizabeth. Since, since she's the leader of the pack. So you go first. Who's your Elizabeth? Judy Dunch. <laughs> Dude, come is that on. Yours? We have the same choice again. Yeah, name Judy Dunch is my choice for Elizabeth. She's perfect for the <laughs> yeah, role. Yeah, look at her she's eyes. She's literally per- I mean, look at her eyes. She's much older. She's much older than Elizabeth. Well, not that much. She's like 85 now, 86. Really? And Elizabeth is just look- like in her 70s. She looks like she's 70 yeah. though. And she looks so yeah, intimidating. Yeah. Still, she looks that age. And she's... she. I mean, if you've seen her in... What was her last James Bond movie? Skyfall. Yeah. She was really good in that. Like she was still really, like a really dominating character despite her age. And I love her so much. Dame Judi Dench would be perfect as Elizabeth. For Elizabeth. And then um, it's like she looks yeah. like she knows how to extract information she needs. 
Yeah, she looks like that. You were leaning towards uh, Meryl Streep. I think no, you mentioned like, her to me. I was thinking about it, and I like I thought about it, and then it's like Meryl's too young for the role. No, also, but like maybe. Yeah, I mean, like I, I, I wanted to stay. I wanted to stick with genuine British actors, so that's yeah. why I chose Dame Judy Dench Judy over Dench. it. Um, maybe we can talk about Joyce next because she's also a dame. The one I chose, I got Helen Mirren. I love Helen Mirren. She has this very soft vibe, yes. very soft, friendly vibe, I which I al- yes. also get from Jane. She's the right age. She's thirty. She's seventy-five years old. She's one hell of an actress. I, I love her so much. She's really lovable the same way that yeah. Joyce is. That's why I'm really into her for the role of Joyce. And yeah, who, who do you have? I feel like she kind of looks strict a bit, Helen Mirren. Maybe, yeah. Um, but but she, I like that she doesn't take herself too seriously. She's in movies like Shazam. Oh, She's in yeah, movies like yeah. Arthur, Russell Brand. You know, those are really like, funny movies. My <laughs> Joyce is Maggie Smith. Oh. She, she was on my list in Harry Potter. Professor McGonagall, yeah, yeah. yeah. She like, was also you just on my list. Hug her. <sighs> She's such a joy. Yeah, I also love her. I would not hate that as a choice. Yeah, she looks yeah, like she a is. Like, I don't know how old Maggie Smith is though. Like she, she looks so much older than uh, Helen Mirren though. I don't know how old Maggie Smith is. Really, but yeah, I would, I would definitely go for Maggie Smith um, as Joyce. She's eighty six. She's really old. She's oh older than uh, Judy Dench. Yeah. <laughs> But I love Maggie Smith. She would make a great choice also. Um, maybe, uh, how about Ibrahim? You, you first. I chose, okay, I chose Ben Kingsley. Because yeah, uh, Ibrahim is an, a tricky character because he's of Middle Eastern descent, supposedly. Like, uh, ah, yeah, yeah makes so, so much sense. I chose Ben Kingsley. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's a great actor. He's British. Uh, yeah. He looks like, he played Gandhi, I think. Uh, ben Kingsley. He played Gandhi. He was in Schindler's List. He was in Iron Man 3 as yeah. the Mandarin, I think. So, like, yeah, perfect for Shutter, me. Like, he Ibrahim. was in Shutter That's Island it. also. He was in Shutter Island, yeah. So, like, it was, it was, he's yeah. very witty. He's, he has great comedic timing. He's my Ibrahim. Who did you pick? I was, I was, I was, I was thinking you would pick the same guy. No, I kind of knew that we were going to pick the same Elizabeth, but for the others, I don't think yeah. so. You know who I picked? Yeah. <laughs> Harrison oh. Ford <laughs> for Ibrahim. He's not British. <laughs> no, but like, look at him. He looks like an Ibrahim. Okay, I mean, like, he has that comedic timing. Yeah. I guess. Because he can be funny. Harrison Ford can be really funny. That's a good choice. I wanted to stay strictly British, British with my yeah. list, though. I had Stephen Fry. I had Stephen Fry as my backup, but he doesn't look like an Ibrahim, I think. Yeah. So that's why I didn't go with him. Um, maybe we can go with the last one. Ron was the hardest for me to cast. Oh my god, he was the easiest for me. Really? Because he's like super burly, supposedly kind of guy. Like in my but, mind, like he's very strong. Yeah. Like typical dad kind of vibe. But I don't think you're so gonna who agree. You, who did you get? The mine. Who? Yeah. Who do you choose? Robert De Niro. <laughs> Robert De Niro. That's interesting. <gasps> yeah, he looks like he has a son he who's a. Who's a boxer? He looks like a guy who yeah. has a boxer son. I don't know about Robert De Niro's ability to pull off a British accent, though. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't think he could do it. He's he's pure Italian, New York Italian, uh, maybe Chicago Chicagoan accent. But but he looks like a Ron, like that intimidating yeah. old guy, old, kind yeah. of like he could like still mafia, kick mafia my butt, guy, yeah. kind, of, kind of vibes, yeah. I had Liam Neeson as Ron. 
Really? Because again, I wanted to stay. I, yeah, I wanted to stay British as possible. So, I mean, I know he's not that old. He's like what sixty nine, something like that. I um, feel like he's he looks more of like an Ibrahim than a Ron. But I, 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 he's a very scary guy. Yeah. <laughs> Especially uh, you know, taken Liam Neeson, um, Qui Gon Jinn, Liam Neeson. So I don't know. Like, um, I'm personally, I'm excited to see how the movie is going to turn out. Yeah, I, I, don't I hope know it's who more funny, ba. Like, I hope yeah. it's like a Knives Out thing going on. Yeah. Because it deserves that. Yeah, I hope. I hope they also change the plot a little bit just to make it make sense a little more. Um, I wouldn't mind like, polishing the plot up a like little. Or like taking out characters. Yeah. There's also going to be a sequel. There's already signed uh, Thursday Murder Club 2 um, coming out. <gasps> a um, book? It hasn't been written yet. The book, yes. So okay. Thursday Murder Club 2 is coming out. Aww. I'm... Despite not being overly enthusiastic about this book, I'm still looking forward to reading the sequel. I want to read it. I want to find out what happens. <laughs> <laughs> to the four members of the Thursday Murder Club because I feel I like these characters were so lovable. Really? <laughs> you were, you're, you're not going to read the sequel? No, no, You're not no, going to read no. the sequel? Never not. No. Oh. No, no. I don't have the energy for it. Like, I was even struggling. Minutes before, I <laughs> okay, just Okay, I'll just finished. let you know how it happens. <laughs> yeah, just let me know what goes on. Like, I cannot okay. do this anymore. Um, this is our only whodunit novel this season, I think. I think right? that's why we um, we pushed for it also. Yeah. Next season, we're going to do an Agatha Christie novel. That's for sure. Um, I, okay. I guarantee our listeners. Just, Mariana doesn't want to, but I, I will tell her. <laughs> let me just put that. I'll tell we're going to do. Um, okay, let me just put that in Agatha Christie book. And maybe we can move on with our final thoughts. I mean, what, what else is there to say? It's, again, maybe just to rehash everything. It's not a perfect book. It's kind of sloppy in very different parts. There's There are stuff that didn't need to be there. Parts of the story yeah. that didn't need to be there. Characters didn't need to be there. It was kind of a little all over the place in some parts. I, I know like I'm making it sound like it's a really bad book, but it's not as bad as I'm making it sound, I swear. It's still really witty. It's still really funny. It's it's the banter, the dialogue, the characters, the four main characters, they're really well done. Yeah. It's it was I was entertained. If it's a, it's a book that you you shouldn't take too seriously when you read it. Yeah. Because yes, of course, it, of course. It's kinda it's kinda it's nonsense, essentially, this book. So don't don't take it too seriously. Yes. The book isn't supposed isn't designed for you to take it seriously. It's entertaining just as long as you're willing to suspend your disbelief for a while. Yes. And try to believe in a world where there is a retirement center with four quirky elderly people who want to serve murders as ho- as a hobby. Yeah. Um I know it sounds completely outrageous, but it's I mean, there's a reason why it's so popular. Um, if you're a fan of dry wit and British humor, if you're a fan of funny lines and you know funny dialogue, quick witted dialogue, this is a great book for you. It's I got through it fairly quickly because of how easily it reads. And again, uh, it's not Arthur Conan Doyle levels of detective novels. It's not Agatha Christie level of mystery, but it's still pretty decent. Um, I'm sure. Uh, consider, especially considering that this is Richard Osman's first novel. Yes. Uh, it's still something that I'm going to, you know, I'll give him a pass on. Um, I'm willing to forgive all of the literary sins just because it's so cleverly written. And yeah, maybe that concludes our review of The Thursday Murder Club. We have just one more full episode left for this season next week. And I think we don't usually reveal our upcoming episodes, but I feel like we can make an 
exception for this round. What do you think, Mariana? Okay, okay. Um, next week. It's actually one of the most beloved books of of Jet. What all time? Can I say all time? <laughs> um, yeah. So we're going to be reviewing F. Scott Fitzgerald to the Great Gatsby. You yes! may know it from either the book. Or you may have seen the movie with the movie, Leo. In yes, it. Um, with Leo. Yeah. If, if you have time, read the book. It's really short. It's like 100 plus pages. Or at least watch the movie. Yes. At least you'll get a good idea of what we're talking about next week. We might even be doing a giveaway for The Great Gatsby. We're, huh? we're not sure. We'll, we'll have to talk about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a surprise giveaway. We'll see. So wow. uh, Yeah, that's that. it for... <laughs> I'll join the giveaway. <laughs> I guess that concludes our episode for uh, the Thursday Murder Club. Thank you for taking the time to listen to us. Mariana, is there anything you want to plug right now? No, I feel like this is going to be our shortest episode. Yeah, probably. Um, We're not sure. Yeah, so maybe just uh, subscribe to us on Spotify. Please please try to spread our... And Apple Podcasts, yeah, Google Apple Podcasts, Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah. Try to tell your friends about us some more. It really helps. Um, it really helps us when to pu- when you push our podcast yes. out there to help us chart on Spotify and Apple to push our content to more re- to more listeners yes. and more readers. If you really want to nice. talk about the books with us, yes, just please send do us reach out to us on our Instagram. Yes, yes. slide into our DMs. We're we have Very a lot of fiction friends there already. Like a lot of people yes, message be us. Be our so fiction friend. No, don't be yeah, shy. Don't be like, afraid. No need to be shy yeah. because a lot of people have been messaging us for um book requests and all that. So if you need, or if they want to talk about the book that book, we just reviewed, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, that's what they usually do. Also, so recommendations. We are also we can also do recommendations if you yeah. want. Uh, just you just message us. We we'll, we can talk to you about just as long as it's about books. We'll be willing yes. to talk to you about it. So um, fiction. Yeah, I guess that does it for this episode. This has been Jet and, and Mariana. And yeah, thank you for your time. We'll talk to you again next week. Adios. Bye.